This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is Green and Gold History. 50 plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters. This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. Hi, this is Vince Catronio. Each week all season, we're celebrating the Oakland Athletics' rich postseason history with a look back at decades of postseason success. So as we hearken back, let's relive some of the greatest playoff games in Oakland on this edition of Green and Gold History. The pain was real, and it lasted through a 162-game season, plus the ALCS. But the 1989 Oakland Athletics' mission was clear, to avenge the devastating loss of the previous World Series to the Dodgers. So when Game 1 of the 89 Fall Classic came around, the green and gold were more than ready, and it's one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. Dave Stewart, in his only all-star season, was the Oakland starter, a 21-game winner during the year for an A's team that won 99 games, while Scott Geraltz pitched for the Giants. Oakland scored early and often, beginning with Tony Phillips in the second. The versatile infielder can play second or third. He's a switch hitter, and it really doesn't matter. He's got a little more power this way, but he had 263 left-handed and 259 right-handed. September didn't hit that well in the playoffs made some outstanding defensive plays but 29 for 84 that's 365 down the stretch and he grounds it to the right side and Bork was going back to first base it goes through the hole for a base hit Henderson scores one to nothing was five back going into third the next man up was Walt Weiss one two pitch is hit slowly toward Clark he's going to come home with it and Kennedy drops it of second-inning runs took only 12 pitches. Ricky Henderson was there to close it out. See if LaRusso starts the runners. He does not, and the pitch is hit in the right field for a base hit. Phillips is being waved in. Here comes the throw from Maldonado. It's offline, three to nothing. Right to third. Dave Parker broke into the big leagues at age 22 in 1973 with Pittsburgh. As he was winding down his career with the A's, 
his Cobra moniker as one of baseball's most intimidating figures firmly in tow. He finished his final World Series with a flare in the third inning. And then the Cobra takes up high ball one. Parker played in the World Series first in 1979, 10 years ago with Pittsburgh. And then last year, hit 345 in the 79 series. Year three for 15 as the A's basically went into a collective slump against the Dodgers. And he gets a high drive to deep right field, and Dave Parker has hit his first World Series home run. Nothing and Stu cruising on the mound. Weiss, on a team with McGuire and Conseco and Steinbach, shocked the Giants with a swing in the bottom of the fourth. Leading off in the fourth inning, Weiss and in the top of the order, Ricky Henderson and Carney Lansford. Four runs, six hits, and an error for the A's. No runs, two hits, and an error for the Giants. And of all people, Weiss drives one to right. Dominant 138-pitch complete game five-hitter for Stewart ended with Candy Maldonado at the plate. Three and one to count. Kennedy is out on deck. Two on, two out. And it's grounded to third. Backhanded by Phillips. Straightens up. And Stewart has his gun. Game one of the 1989 World Series against the Giants. A 5-0 win, one of the greatest games in Oakland A's playoff history. It was a playoff series after arguably the most exciting regular season in Oakland history. 2012 Athletics won the West on the last day of the year and moved on to the Division Series versus the Detroit Tigers. And game three is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. The 94 win A's opened that postseason in Detroit and lost the first two games, but then returned home for a matchup of Brett Anderson versus Anibal Sanchez. Anderson made only six starts that season due to injury, but he was more than ready for his playoff moment from the jump. Here's the pitch. Swung on and missed. Anderson begins the game with two strikeouts. Omar and Fonte Kays. And quickly, two away, and Cabrera's coming up. Well, that's his signature pitch. And there's the pitch that Brent Anderson likes to throw with two strikes, that hard slider down and in. It's a great pitch. It's hard for hitters to lay off, especially if it's thrown with any kind of velocity. And we've seen it with the first two batters. It's a perfect way to start. These guys want to set the table. They have not been able to in this inning. The A's shocked the baseball world back in February of that year, signing Cuban free agent outfielder Yuana Suspidus over other suitors. His thirst for the spotlight began with a home run at a second game as an A in Japan and continued into the postseason. 
One and one. Now the set. Runners lead from first and second. The fish to Cespedes is swung it up the middle. Back to second. Face hit center field. Around third is Popo. He's going to score. And stopping at second is Drew. Cespedes comes through with a solid base hit up the middle. And with nobody out in the bottom of the first, the A's take a 1-0 lead. In the second, Fritz Fielder, who just concluded his sixth consecutive season of 30 or more home runs, was at the plate. But Oakland had an answer in center field. Anderson turns and delivers. Here's the one-two to Prince. Swung on, hit the right center field. Coco going back to the track, right to the wall, leaping at the wall. And did he catch it? He made a sensational catch. Coco Crisp going over the wall in right center field, robbing Prince Fielder of a home run. And then he went crashing up against the barrier. What about a start to this ball game for the A's? To be able to do something uh, somewhat special with the glove is, uh, is, is a confident booster, and I definitely needed that. I'm glad it was the situation that, that helped us because the other situation hurt us. So I'm just trying to go out there and not let the pass affect my game, and I'm, I'm just grateful that I was able to come up with that one. Still one nothing A's in the top of the third, and once again, Omar Infante was at the plate, and this time the A's double down. Oakland leading one nothing in the third. Reddick cheating over toward the line and right. Coco step or two toward left. Here's the 3-1. Swung up, pulled on the ground to third. Backhanded by Donaldson. There's the second for one. Pennington to first. Around the horn. They take it 5-4-3. And the inning is over. Donaldson to Pennington to Moss. Infante and Jackson a race. And the inning is over. On to the bottom of the third. 1-0 Oakland. 2012 was Bob Melvin's first full season as manager of the A's, and he had a penchant for putting players in their best place to succeed. And in the bottom of the fifth, one of those examples was Seth Smith. Now the 2-2 fish to Smith. Here it is by Sanchez. Swung on watch to center field. Jackson going back. He's to the track, to the wall. He will watch it fly. And the A's have taken a 2-0 lead. home run off the back wall in straightaway center field and it's two nothing A's in the bottom of the fifth and it's about time those rally towns start moving around here and Seth Smith did what he did same way on September the 20th that was a first pitch off speed and this was a fastball that he crushed and it wasn't even Hyundai Sunday it's a Tuesday the Seth Smith got it that season the A's bullpen was electric with a trio of Ryan Cook, Sean Doolittle, and Grant Balfour. To win the West, all three relievers pitched in the last four games. Game three of the DS was no different. Cook had the seventh, Doolittle the eighth, and Balfour was on to close it out in the ninth. Now here's the one-two pitch, and it's swung on Faust up the middle, near the bag in second. Drew has it on the bag, over to first, double play, and the A's have won it! And they're still alive! Tigers 2-0. Pandemonium at the Coliseum. Game three of the 2012 Division Series against Detroit. One of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history.
Oakland got their first taste of postseason baseball in just their fourth season, 1971, but were swept out of the playoffs by Baltimore. The A's returned in 72. Game five of the championship series versus the Detroit Tigers is one of the greatest postseason games in Oakland history and a precursor to special moments coming in the fall classic. Blue Moon Odom faced Woody Fryman for a second time in the series. Oakland won the first two at home, and the Tigers countered with back-to-back -back wins at home, setting the stage for a winner-take-all matchup in Motown. The A's were down 1-0 in the bottom of the second, with Reggie Jackson at third and Mike Epstein at first. Dick Williams was never afraid to try something, and while this play with Dick Green at the plate worked, the A's paid a price. One strike count to Greeny. There goes the runner from first. The pitch is taken. Throw down a second base. Here comes Jackson towards the plate. Here comes the throw. He is safe. Reggie Jackson steals home, but he may be out of it. He crashed into Bill Freehand, and he is hurt on the field. A fantastic collision between Jackson running like a runaway train and that great big firefight Bill Freehand. Reggie would be on crutches for the rest of October. Joe Rudy led the American League in hits in 72, but part of the reason he finished second in MVP voting to Dick Allen was his defense. And at the bottom of the third, he got a future Hall of Famer. Here's a pitch to Keyline. There's a drive down the left field line. Joe Rudy on the move. And... And he can't believe he caught that ball, but he did. Joe Rudy with one of the great plays of this playoff championship series. Diving, rolling, and scrambling over the line, and he held it. What a great play by Joe Rudy. He fans just really flew out of their mind if somebody else made that catch. But Joe Rudy never quitting on the ball. The ball going into ball territory, curving. Hit off the bat of K-line, and Rudy... It was K-Line's last playoff game in his remarkable career. And Joe Rudy's glove would be a story again come World Series time. In 1972, Gene Tennis was in his fourth season and had not yet established the kind of player he would become, hitting only 225 in the regular season, and the ALCS was no different. He was hitless in the series until he batted in the top of the fourth. Here's a pitch to Tennis, line drive in the left field. This might be tough to score on. Here's Hendrick around third. Here's the throw coming out into the plate. He's safe. The ball is dropped. Ball is dropped by Free and an open roof into the lead. Two to one on Gene Tennis' first hit of the playoff. A real good throw from Tennis, but I think Hendrick had the throw beat anyway. He's coming out there speeding, and then Free had trying to block the plate as usual, did not have the ball. Gino may have been one for 17 in the ALCS, but by the time the World Series was over, he made history. Vida Blue took over for Odom in the sixth. The 72 campaign was a struggle, starting with a contract holdout and injuries. But come playoff time, he was ready to contribute. Dick Williams said, you're going to be in the bullpen. I'm thinking, okay, and I knew John was pitching that fifth, that game in uh, Detroit. I, there was no way in heck I was going to get in the game. All of a sudden, you know, get Vida up, and I'm like, what? And there I go, and uh, my motto was as hard as I could, as long as I could, and that's what I did. Uh, we ended up winning, beating Detroit, and of course, we went on to 
to play uh, the Cincinnati Reds, which was a great series. His fourth relief appearance of the ALCS included closing out the seventh inning, facing Aurelio Rodriguez. The crowd is screaming they want to hit. And then Blue was on the mound, facing Tony Taylor in the bottom of the ninth, protecting a 2-1 lead. And for the Oakland A's, a moment forever, part of history. Touchdown is two balls, two strikes, zero, two down, there's a runner at first base. Lighter gets set, he kicks high, he throws, there's a drive in the center field, back goes George Hendricks, he is under it, the Swingin' A's have won the American League Championship! The A's were on the way to the World Series for the first time, and Game 5 of the 1972 ALCS is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. While we consider Game 2 of the 2001 American League Division Series versus the New York Yankees one of Oakland's greatest playoff games, there was much more involved than the action on the field. The game occurred on October 11th, exactly one month after the heinous attacks on our country. And many of the A's traveling party spoke of the eerie feelings arriving in Manhattan. The 2001 season featured another great second half, spurred by the trio of Jason Giambi, Eric Chavez, and Miguel Tejada, plus the acquisition of Jermaine Dye. They bulldozed the league with a 58-17 sprint to the end and it featured the big three in their stride. Mark Mulder, Tim Hudson, and Barry Zito on the mound. Meanwhile, the Yankees were starting their push for fourth consecutive World Series appearance. Mulder, a 21-game winner that season, won game one five to three. What followed was Tim Hudson versus Andy Pettit. Strong pitching on both sides kept the game scoreless until a little used but playoff-tested veteran gave the A's the lead. The 0-1 pitch headed to the plate. Again, it's a high fly ball to left field. Knobloch going back. He's going to watch it, and he goes back to the wall, and it is gone! A towering drive to left field by Ron Gant, and the A's take the lead in the top of the fourth, 1-0. His eighth career postseason home run. And Andy Pettit made a mistake inside, trying to get the cut fastball in. He didn't get it in where he wanted it. Still 1-0 in the bottom of the fifth, Hudson was on a roll, retiring 12 consecutive Yankee batters until a Jorge Posada walk. Then David Justice came to the plate, and Huddy decided it was time to take matters into his own hands. Or mitt. Justice leveling the back evenly back and forth. Now cocks it high over the left shoulder as Hudson delivers, and there's a smash into Hudson's glove and a throw to first for a double play. A blur back to the mound, and Hudson, just as casual as you please, put the glove down, snagged it, and threw to first, and the Yankees are out in the fifth. Well, that equals the play by Clemens last night on Chavez. And at the end of five, one to nothing, Athletics. And he continued his masterful work in the bottom of the sixth. Three balls, two strikes. Here's Hudson's next pitch. Strike three, call, fastball, outside corner, and Brocious can't believe it. He stops, waving his head back and forth, barking at plate umpire Jeff Nelson and then heading for the dugout. He was on the way to first. 94 miles an hour, came back over the outside corner. Well, the, the thing that Hudson had done in that at bat 
Everything had been inside. The fastball, the slider actually hung middle of the plate in, and then he painted him outside corner, and that was serious paint right on the corner. Hudson's impressive night, eight innings of shutout baseball with 15 ground ball outs. But the score was still 1-0 Oakland in the ninth inning, trying to add on against Mariano Rivera, fresh off a league-leading 50-save campaign. But Johnny Damon gave the A's a chance. There's a base hit down the right field line and a roll to the corner. The speedy Damon's going to get two. And he's going to pick up the, the uh, tempo at second, head for third, and he goes in standing. Justice got down in the corner but didn't seem to be in any big hurry. And Damon realized that and halfway to second base, you could see that extra gear suddenly put into full board. Broke his bat, and that helped because once he got over Martinez's head, down in the corner, and it didn't come off the wall hard. Kind of stayed down in the corner. And David Justice had to make sure he fielded it cleanly. And well, Johnny turned around first, and he saw it. All to be able to run like that. As they often say, with a runner at third and less than two outs, if you just make contact, good things may happen. Any sort of a fly ball should score him. Best guy you'd could want on the roster at third base in this situation. And there's a swing and a grounder. Drew Brocious in the left field. And the A's lead two to nothing as Damon scores. Scott Brocious let one go through the wickets on a crisp ground ball by Miguel Tejada. And now it's two nothing athletics. Jason Isringhausen survived the ninth inning leadoff double by Bernie Williams. And the A's prevailed two to nothing. Game two of the 2001 ALDS is still one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. A baseball season is long, 162 games in 180 days. The playoffs, however, are a much different story. Everything is on the line. Win the series or go home. At an Oakland history, you have to go back to games six and seven of the 1973 World Series against the Mets as the last time the A's won an elimination game to win. That changed finally in 2020. And game three of the wild card series against the Chicago White Sox is one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. 2020 was different. A pandemic shortened 60 game sprint and expanded playoffs to include 16 teams, eight per league. Oakland lost game one, four to one, but stayed alive with a game two, five, three win, setting up the winner take all finale with Mike Fires against Dane Dunning. The Sox struck first with their talented center fielder at the plate in the top of the second. They just broke their streak of losing five straight elimination games yesterday. They would like to exorcise those demons today. The green and gold. Here's the delivery now, and that's a deep drive to left, way back, and Grossman will turn and watch, and it's gone, and no doubt. And Luis Robert gets the White Sox on the board. It's 1-0 Chicago in the second. Chicago added two more runs in the third on RBIs by Roberts again and Nomar Mazzara. And the Sox were ahead 3-0, which carried them into the bottom of the fourth. Pitching plans for the Sox were disrupted when Garrett Crochet left the game with an injury in the second. And in the fourth facing Sean Murphy was Cody Hoyer, already the fourth pitcher for Chicago, and the A's catcher delivered a much-needed spark. The A's haven't really driven the ball that well in the air yet today. Here comes the 1-0. Fastball, there it goes. Sean Murphy on cue, unloads on Cody Hoyer, bombs away. And game on. 
A blast for Murphy, his first with a man on base all year. And it comes with Grossman aboard, and the A's have come alive. They trail 3-2. to two. And the beautiful thing about that when Murph hit it, he just dropped the bat, dropped his head, started his trot. I mean, that is how strong this young man is. And that's why I was hopeful that Laureano could get on base because one shot like that could have tied it. But at least Murph got him on the board. And there's no doubt when he hits them, they are no doubt. Still in the fourth, Chicago went to Carlos Rodon for only three batters, giving way to Matt Foster, entering a bases-loaded spot. He walked Marcana, and then Matt Olson was next. Three balls and a strike. And the pitch, and that is inside and low ball four. And the A's have taken their first lead today. Back-to-back -back walks, Foster to Canna and Olsen in to score. Simeon at its 4-3 Athletics. And the best thing for the Athletics, this is a huge crooked number. And that's what they were looking for. And remember, all this has happened with two outs. The A's lead didn't last long with Mazzara's RBI single to tie the game at four in the fifth inning. 2020 was another year that Chad Pinder fought through injury, getting only 56 at-bats during the season. Facing the Sox' seventh pitcher of the game, Evan Marshall, Pinder delivered the lead back to Oakland. And the right-hander ready. Turns, throws, and Pinder, it's a drive-in. It's going to be into left field for a base hit. One run is in. Second run around third. The throw to the plate in the slide, and not in time. Listella scores the second run on a base hit to left field by Chad Pinder, and the A's take a 6-4 lead. What a clutch hit by Chad Pinder. Again, a big two-out hit for the Athletics. Murphy scored from third. Listella from second, a close play at the plate. Simeon went to second stop there on Pinder's base hit through the left side hole. Had to wait to see as Tim Anderson went diving to the backhand side. The throw coming in by the left fielder angle all the way, and it was to the foul territory side. The catcher, Grandal, had to go to his left and try to come back and try to lay the tag on Listella. He missed him clearly. And so no replay, and the A's lead by two in the fifth. And the lead stayed that way into the ninth inning. Three scoreless frames from the A's bullpen set up Liam Hendricks to close it out. But just a day earlier, Liam needed 49 pitches and help from Jake Diekman to keep the series alive. James McCann greeted him with a single, but then Hendricks caved Johan Moncada and Luis Robert setting up a final showdown with Nomar Mazzara. And again, the 2-2 pitch, and here it is. Inside corner, ring him up, strike three called. And the A's have won it. And they're moving on. The Oakland A's have won the series in a great battle today with the White Sox. And maybe they have vanquished some demons today. Six to four, the A's beat the White Sox. And yes, for the first time since 1973, facing an elimination game to end the series, Oakland prevailed, making game three of the 2020 wildcard series versus the White Sox as one of the greatest playoff games in Oakland history. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.